Welcome to Daha Chinese History and Culture Podcast. Here we are offering you the constructional Chinese history and what's the thoughts, origins, and background knowledge behind the stories. We also provide several Chinese vocabularies related with the story to help you understand and memorize. Let's get started. Hi everyone, I'm Jill, the co-host and a Chinese language teacher in Dahua Chinese. Hi, I'm Caroline. I'm the founder of Dahua Chinese. Today, we're going to talk about someone both loved and hated by Chinese language learners.、Mm-hmm. His name is Tang Jie, and he created Chinese characters Zhongwenzi, or you may say Hanzi. Yeah, he created. Hanzi, the Chinese characters, making learning to write Chinese feel like drawing for Chinese learners. Many students don't like writing Chinese characters, Hanzi. They find them difficult with too many strokes.、Mm. But for people who love Chinese characters, Hanzi, see them as meaningful and a beautiful creation.、Mm, that's right. Chinese characters Hanzi can be composed in various ways, primarily using six methods. Once you understand these six composition methods, you can quickly find the meaning and the origin of a character when learning Chinese characters. Absolutely,、mm-hmm. because there are so many Chinese characters, Zhongwenzi, or you may say Hanzi. Understanding the principles. And creation will greatly help in learning them. We'll talk about it more later. Ah, <laughs> yeah, since it's too much, right? So, because the main purpose of Chinese characters, Zhongwenzi or Hanzi, is for people to understand them. Actually, it's not necessary to know how to pronounce them. Excuse me. Why wouldn't you need to know how to pronounce them? It's essential for a learner to pronounce. Our understanding of Chinese characters Hanzi involves not only the principles of their creation, but also their pronunciations. It helps with memory, learning the form, sound, and meaning of Chinese characters is. You'd better explain why you say it's unnecessarily to know how to pronounce. <laughs> Chinese teachers would definitely disagree with my statement. My perspective differs from many Chinese teachers. We can discuss this more after the story. <laughs> Your perspective is indeed different from many Chinese teachers.、Mm-hmm. I'm also curious about that.、Mm. We look forward to your answers later. So, would you like to talk more about the man who created the Chinese characters? Hmm. Many people believe that Tang Jie was an ancient alien because he had four eyes. And in many folk legends, several Chinese ancient figures also had four eyes. What? <laughs> Did glasses already exist in ancient times? Many people consider it a deformity, while others think it might be due to cataracts. Only ch- ancient Chinese great figures had this kind of special look. Since I don't have it, I cannot be a great figure. 
It's okay. Before we start the story, let's talk about the three keywords about 仓颉 The first one, 发明发明 means to invent or invention. Second, 文字文字 means the word or character. And 象形象形 means pictogram. Everyone, here comes again. 发明、yeah. ，if you remember，、yeah. 发明 ，we talked this word for many times already、mm-hmm.。发明 means invention or to invent。We made a sentence before。爱迪生发明电灯。爱迪生发明电灯。Edison invent the light bulb。Or， 电灯是爱迪生的发明。电灯是爱迪生的发明。The light bulb is the invention of Edison. Okay, so in addition, some of the word we mentioned before, the 发明 is invent or invention. 发明 and 发现 is discover, like the 燧人氏发现火 The 燧人氏 discovered the fire. And then the 发生 happen. There are tribe war happened between the two tribes. We can say 这两个部落发生战争 So the 发生 is happen. We can see the 发明发现发生 They all have the 发 Okay, great.、Mm. Next, 文字 which means the word. We can say 仓颉发明文字，仓颉发明文字，仓颉 invented the word. Those things that is related with word or language is with the 文 so like 文字 the word, and the 文学 is literature, 文化 is culture, 文明 is civilization. Very good. Last but not least, 象形 pictogram. This is the way of making word 文字 It refers to drawing according to the style of object, and the picture represents the meaning of the object.、Mm. For example, the first character of Chinese character bird looks like a bird.、Mm, yeah. So like the 象形 has a 形 And the 形 actually means shape, so we can also say the triangle is 三角形 circle, 圆形 and square, 正方形 So we have the three words now. The first one, 发明 invent or invention, 文字 the word, 象形 pictogram. Now let's get into the story. As a matter of fact, the origin of the Chinese word 文字 can be traced back centuries. Before the word 文字 were created, the ancient Chinese used the nodding notes to record life when counting the quantity of the herds and stocks of food to be registered. The small ties indicated tens, the bigger, the hundreds, the largest knots, thousands. Not only for the numbers, but also for the time and the events. 
As more things got involved, it became complicated as the colors and methods of the knots got more and more limited for naming different categories of things, events, and concepts. Thus, there was a desire for a new communication approach. Why wanted to invent Chinese character was considered the first person to create a physical written record. He was the historian minister of Huangdi, the first emperor of Chinese history, upon whose request, was called to invent the whole new written system. Many believe that the footprints and skin patterns of the animals or shapes and forms of nature like mountains, rivers, and the celestial phenomenon inspired Qiangjie. The earliest Chinese written symbol created by Qiangjie was the pictogram, in Chinese called Xiangxing, that then later evolved to the oracle's invention Baming. It all slowly contributed to the Chinese character Wenzi system of Liushu. The six methods of the Chinese word Wenzi, self-explanatory characters, pictographs, pictophonetic characters, associative compounds, mutually explanatory characters, and phonetic loan characters. The invention of Chinese characters Wenzi, turned out to be frightening. In primitive ancient Chinese society, word Wenzi, were not meant for common people to learn. Since the word Wenzi contained messages and mysteries, they were exclusive to the authorities, priests, and high societies. According to legend, after Qiangjie created the Chinese word Wenzi, the sky rained millet and ghosts cried at night. This shows how important the invention of character Wenzi is. Even the natural world and the world of gods have experienced unusual phenomena due to the appearance of word Wenzi. The influential name that lasts. In the documentation, Qiangjie, the four-eyed historian minister for the Huangdi, is considered a legendary figure, or at least not the only invented Baming. the Chinese word Wenzi. Due to his significant impact on Chinese history, Qiangjie also becomes the eponym for the proto-dictionary and one of the Chinese inputting methods for computers Qiangjie input method. Next time, before sending an email or phone message in Chinese, pay tribute to Qiangjie for such a unique and wonderful invention for civilization. We really have to thank Qiangjie for creating writing which allow us to record precious historical and cultural information. That's why we know many interesting historical stories. Caroline, can you tell us why you initially thought that knowing how to pronounce Chinese characters Hanzi isn't important? Ah, uh, you really stick on this question. So Chinese characters Zhongwenzi or Hanzi are meant to be read not pronounce. I mean, the character is written and people will understand it right away. They don't need to talk. For Chinese learners, many find Chinese characters difficult because they don't have a direct connection from the characters to pronunciations. However, because ancient China had many tribes and states, each with different dialects, 
They needed a non-verbal way to communicate for trade and message exchange. Therefore, the understanding of Chinese characters didn't rely on spoken language initially, but rather on the meanings of the characters. So you mean the characters came first,、mm. and then they knew what these characters represented. And only later did pronunciation emerge. Well, I won't say、um, that has a strict sequence. It's more like the used language to express concepts while simultaneously using writing to communicate. So, although Chinese characters were unified in China during the Qin Dynasty,、uh, which is around twenty. Before Common Era, it wasn't until 1911 when the ROC government voted to determine the standardized pronunciation based on the Beijing dialect,、um, which became modern Mandarin Chinese that the Chinese learners are learning today. And after the ROC moved to Taiwan in 1949, it influenced the people in Taiwan here. And that's how we have the Chinese language we speak today. I'm curious about how people in ancient times combined pronunciation with Chinese characters and gave meaning to the characters. Well, that brings us to the invention, the farming of Chinese characters, the Chinese language, which is Chinese farming or. Hanzi 的发明 which involved six methods. The ones we learned in school, right? Yeah, you actually also taught them in school, right? Yes.、Yeah. <laughs> so let me try if I can pronounce them correctly in English.、Mm-hmm. The first one, pictograms, and we have ideograms, and also compounds ideograms, and phonetic compounds. Long characters, last but not least, homophone characters. Correct? <laughs> yeah, it sounds so complicated. So the six methods. The first one is the pictogram, and the pictogram we mentioned earlier is the xiangxing, right? So pictogram is is the most simple one.、Um, they are like you draw like what you want to、uh, express. So the character like shan. That represent the shape of a mountain, and the shui looks like a wave, so it's representing the water. And also long, and、uh, it is just depicting the dragon. Yes, and the next one, ideograms use symbols to metaphorically represent specific meaning. For example, shang, it means up. So, Tangjie's creation of shang. Was a horizontal line with a dot above it, indicating the concept of up. The third one we are going to talk about is the compound ideograms, and、uh, this one combines two or more pictographic characters, which is a xiangxing wenzi, and it is to form a new meaning. For instance, the character Ming,、uh, it means. Bright brightness, and it has a combination from the sun, 
Ri and the Moon. Yue. So if we combine the Sun and Moon together, it will mean bright. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next, phonetic compounds. As the name suggests, use a part of the character to represent its pronunciation. For example, in the character Li, which is a kind of fish, the left component represents the radical for fish, while the right component indicates the pronunciation Li. So, even when we learned Chinese character pronunciation when we were young, we've heard the saying, when it doubts about the pronunciation of a character, look at the left or right side of the character. This helps us guess the pronunciation of the word. Yeah, we also has a, a composition like uh, outer and inner part, or the upper and downer part, and so the left and the right part is one of the forms. So another is the phonetic loan characters that merge the result of various regions, gradually developing their own characters before standardization. So these characters had similar meanings and shapes, but differed from one another. So they used the method of phonetic loans to explain and communicate. For example, the character Cow is to having a test. So we have the Kao Shi, the examination. So Kao means to test. And the Lao means old. So they look actually very similar in Chinese characters. Next is homophones, which means substituting homophones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not actually, but okay. trying, trying. Okay. In spoken language, there are words that originally don't have corresponding written characters. So, a homophone with the same pronunciation is used to represent its meaning. For example, the character zi of zi oneself, we're using now, mm -hmm. originally represented the nose. Your nose, mm. you, you, the, the, the organ you use to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was borrowed to represent oneself in the word zi Ah, oh, wow. So the nose actually represent myself. <laughs> they, uh, actually, not represent yourself, but pronounce as the zi. Ah. Oh. And this word was never returned. Oh, whoa, 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 okay. why? <laughs> and the character B, the B, B for nose that we use for now was later created. In other words, when we pronounce B, the nose, today, back then it would have been pronounced as And it's quite interesting. What? So your nose actually not called B. But <laughs> so actually, the four methods in the first that we mentioned earlier, which is the pictograms, xiangxing, uh, ideograms, compound ideograms, and phonetic compounds, were the main methods used by Changjie to create characters. And the later two methods 
of phonetic loans and borrowing something evolved gradually through a long history. Okay, so、mm-hmm. let's talk about the difficulties that non-native Chinese speakers generally encounter when learning Chinese characters. Ha! That's a question for you. Since you've teaching Chinese in Indonesia for many years, right?、Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what observations do you have? Okay, let's start with writing. Mostly, Chinese characters have various stroke orders,、mm. such as heng, shu, pie, na, and so on. Wow, sounds so complicated. Okay, let me try to explain. So the heng means a horizontal stroke from left to right, and shu means a vertical stroke from top to bottom. The pie means left falling stroke from top right to bottom left, and na means a right falling stroke from top left to bottom right. <laughs> <laughs> So the most challenging part is getting students to remember where the strokes should start. I believe you have also encountered students who write characters like drawing pictures. However, actually, I taught adults mostly before. So and they are mostly Japanese students. They are more neat than I was. So <laughs> they talked about details. So、um, their handwriting sometimes are、uh, more beautiful than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very possible because students often strive to find the most accurate answers during learning. While we are already accustomed to writing a certain way,、mm. and don't pay as much attention, I've also been corrected by students before, like when a stroke is not slanted enough. Or when two strokes are connected. When I was a child, I enjoyed watching my dad writing characters because he practiced calligraphy. So his handwriting was sometimes more like drawing, very beautiful. But when I followed his way of writing, I got scolded by my teacher. Actually, in Taiwan, we use a different phonetic system than in China. So we use the Zhu Yin symbols, which were invented the Fa Ming by a linguistic called Hu Shi in the early years of the Republic of China, which is the ROC, and probably around the time of、uh, World War II. So we practiced writing these Zhu Yin symbols in kindergarten, and which helped us learn the stroke order. And habits for writing Chinese characters. However, China doesn't use this system. Wow,、mm-hmm. I'm learning all these things just now. So, unknowingly, we were already exposed to stroke orders and strokes when we were learning how to write p, p, m, the Taiwan's unique pinyin symbols. In kindergarten, yeah, that's called Zhu Yin, right? Zhu Yin Fu Hao. No wonder I didn't encounter any difficulties when learning to write. Yeah, he's a linguistic. He's very good, and、uh, the pronunciation of the Zhu Yin symbols and、uh, the Zhu Yin Fu Hao were also established during the government's language unification by 
the Republic of China, which is the ROC. So foreigners learning Chinese with Zhuyin symbols usually have more accurate pronunciation than those learning with Pinyin. Yeah, it's generally believed that this is because Pinyin symbols resemble the A B C of their native language. Leading to pronunciation confusion. Hmm, that's right. When I taught Chinese in United States, one of my teachers from China even asked me why I was using Japanese to type Chinese when she saw me typing. <laughs> I'm using the Zhuyin Fu Hao actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a very interesting topic.、Uh-huh. We can discuss this in future episodes when we enter the modern era of typing on computers. Uh huh. Can you introduce the different input method used in Taiwan? Besides using the Zhuyin Fu Hao, the Zhuyin symbols and Pinyin to type. We also use the Chang Jie, which is our main character today. The Chang Jie input method. Yes, I've heard of it, but I've never used it before. Only one person in our office knows how to use it. Yeah, Michelle, we are talking about you. <laughs> yeah. So it uses a character decomposition method for typing. The English letters on our keyboards correspond to Chinese radicals. For example,、uh, here comes the hard part、um, to type a character: fire, 火 You would press the letter F. It's said to be the fastest way to type Chinese. And、uh, but we also have another input method called 无虾米 Which uses the shape of English letters to imitate Chinese characters, and then use the decomposition of components to input characters.、Mm, I was specially trained when I was little, but I forget totally about it now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Taiwanese keyboards have four different symbols that can be used for different input method.、Mm. That's very impressive, but I only know how to use the Pinyin and Zhuyin method. So we need special training for typing, and everyone's input methods is slightly different. So, for example, when I discuss things with my partner Michelle,、uh, sometimes I cannot type on her keyboard because she used the Changjie input method. All right, that's all for today. If you have any experience about learning Chinese, especially the Chinese characters (Hanzi) or Chinese, yeah, yeah, <laughs> feel free to share to us through the comments,、mm. and we will share your story in our podcast. You can also join our Facebook page by clicking the link below. Also, follow us on Instagram, Da Hua Chinese. You can also send us personal messages. We would love to hear from you.、Mm-hmm. If you are interested in a clear framework of Chinese dynasties, historical background, art, and lifestyles in different periods, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Lovely.、Mm-hmm. Let's see you in the group as well as in the next episode of Da Hua Chinese History and Culture Podcast. Bye bye.